0: Yeah, it's your boy Ray Ray on the mic. Let's go. Mic check, mic check. Welcome to On the Mic with Ray White, where we share life lessons, encourage self-reflection, and equip you to take action. My name is Ray White, and I am just that you're taking time to listen to this episode today. And man, I am so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited because today I have an interview for you. Yes, an interview for you with the Michael Gray White, my boy, Nick Lawson, good friend from college, who is now the CEO and co-founder of Squad, which helps brands create digital assets to sell sponsorships. And I'm super juiced that he came down. We had a great conversation for about an hour and chopped it up quite a bit in the kitchen. But what I'm going to do for you is break up our hour our conversation into three different parts talking about his story and his past, some of the lessons in this current day, and his projections towards the future. And so for this particular episode, we're going to talk about his past, some of the college things we did in our college years together. (laughs) You know, good, good stories, all great stories and great lessons that we've learned in the college days, and want to share that with you today, because it's really important for those who are currently in college or getting ready to enter into that stage, or even anybody who is reflecting on just their past and how Everything that they've done in the past ties to what they are currently doing today. So, so excited for Nick that he came down and shared his story. I'm excited to share this story with you all here today because it all ties together. It all ties together. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> so, make sure you take a listen to this episode titled Maximizing Opportunities and be sure to listen all the way through because at the very end, I'm going to put a couple exclamation points on some of the things that Nick highlighted that I want to make sure we all Stick with us as we carry out through this week. So, without further ado, take a listen to this episode titled "Maximizing Opportunities," and I'll catch you on the other side. Yes, here we are. First guest of the evening that we have on on the Michael Dre White is my boy Nick Lawson. Nick Lawson, how you doing, man? I'm
1: good. Finally on the podcast. Finally, finally came down to Salem and, and made it over to the podcast.
0: Yes. About time, too, because you've been the person that I've watched. You have your own podcast yourself. Called I the do. Inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of that and how you even got to that point. But just me watching your journey in the sense of you creating a podcast, you creating content in additional, just mm-hmm. in general. Uh, somebody I've watched a quite a bit on model. You're the model, man. The model <laughs> how things, so. But before we dive into this interview with Nick Lawson, I wanted to first start off and talk a little bit about how I even got to know this man in front Mm -hmm. of me. So I'm going to tell a quick story. It was freshman year, Mm -hmm. Nick Lawson and I, we went to Willamette University, played football. Mm -hmm. So, you know, football camp starts about three weeks before school gets in and everybody gets on the campus. And this dude was, uh, he was right across from me in the dorm room. Mm -hmm. And I remember you, this might be, you know, I'm probably telling my own story here, but I remember you in, some forces, yep. probably a, a long black t-shirt yep. with Raiders on it. You got yep. either that had a snapback or a yep. fitted hat of the Oakland A's or something yep. of that nature. I mean, you was baited out to Bay Area, to
1: yep. So that's where you're from and born and raised, right? Born and raised in El Cerrito, California, East Bay, not too far from Oakland. Um, but yeah, at that time, uh, the, the, what was what was my nickname? Um, one of the sororities had a nickname for me: sunglasses. Oh lord! Because <laughs> you know, in the bay, we wear sunglasses at night uh, and all the dances I did. So it was it was it was a little out of control.
0: So tell me, how did you even hear about Willamette University and get to that point? Because yeah, how did Man, you get there?
1: It's it's a funny story, just because. Um, I was just chatting with Kip, who's over the basketball coach there, because, you know, he was kind of chatting recruiting and, and kind of seeing what my journey was. My journey was my head coach pulled me in one day at lunch and said, hey, there's a school Willamette. <laughs> and they said they want to talk to you. And I was talking to a few colleges for football, but nothing real serious, um, mainly community colleges. And my first question was, what is a Willamette? Like, what is this thing? Um but, you know, their coach kind of emailed our coach and said, hey, do you have anybody that fits? And uh, he sent over some information on me. And and then my dad had gone to Oregon State, so he kind of knew the area a little bit. And um, that's kind of how, you know, if, if you would have asked me then, I, I would have told you I would have never left the Bay Area except to go to University of Miami because it looked like a cool school. It was a football school. You know? <laughs> <So> <laughs> if you would have asked me then, I would never left. But um, But, you know. Crazy enough, and and this is something we went through. We were two California kids um, coming to a place where it rains nine months of the year. Um, I was not prepared. Um, my dad made me buy a nice rain jacket, and I just didn't understand why. Um, but that was really uh, that was a big shift, kind of big shift on on moving up there. But I loved football and and just wanted to keep playing. So that's kind of kind of what brought me up there. Hey man, at least you got a rain jacket, <laughs> bro. <Bruh>, I had. <laughs>
0: I had the puffiest snow jacket mm-hmm. ever, and I remember one of the first days it started getting cold up here, and, you know, like you mentioned, Cali boys, you know, we like it warm a little bit, and uh, I was walking down on campus in my large puffy coat, mm-hmm. I think I had a couple layers on too, and mm-hmm. somebody looked at me and said, oh, you must not be from around here,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm like, yeah, you right, but at the same time, they also stated that you couldn't have an umbrella with you as well, because...
1: It's a thing, in Oregon, you can't do umbrellas, can't which... Can't do it. I don't know why. Uh, no, I mean, right. I kind of get it, but but not a big not a big thing on my uh, on my radar. It's not like when I see people in Portland with umbrellas, uh, it's not a big deal.
0: Yeah. They trip it out here.
1: Yeah. but well, here we are.
0: Here we are. We uh decided to stick it out for you spe- specifically. You played four years of football, mm-hmm. varsity football, mm-hmm. and you were a lineman. Is that correct? I was, yep. I was uh, you played uh, all
1: positions on the line, right? <laughs> Not tackle. Okay, I, okay. I'm not, I'm not big enough to play. T- I'm, <laughs> I'm almost not big enough to play lineman in college, uh, but definitely not big enough to play tackle. So no tackle tackle for me, but, uh, but yeah, played, played four years, played as strong, um, you know, got, got, got in some plays, but, um, but again, it's just love football, love the love, you know, uh, hanging out with teammates and all that. So, kind of stuck with it and, and and was able to kind of get through four years uh, of that and that's that's really been a big thing of, of just kind of sticking it out um, uh, for me. I mean my, my grandpa was a sports writer so um, you know it was his big thing to have me play some sort of college football and, and be able to come see games and, uh, and and yeah that's that's kind of what really pushed me and motivated me. We'll talk about some of the other endeavors you've done in college. Man, <laughs> you've done that. You've done, we've done, we've been
0: a part of some things. <laughs> we'll tell some, maybe some stories on that. But before we move to jump to some of the other aspects, could you briefly share a little bit of like what you learned on the field, like by playing sports, playing collegiate football or mm-hmm. some of the takeaways that you often reflect on when you think
1: about that time of your life? You know, what's funny is I'll meet somebody who also played athletics, either high level in, co- in high school or in college. And you just, you just know an athlete, you just kind of see them. And uh, I've literally had this kind of being told to me of, I get how you work. Did you play college athletics? Like I've literally been asked that. And I think it's just a mindset of, Hey, one, you're going to get it done Two, the competitive drive to win. Right. Um, you're, 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 you're trying to get toward a goal. Uh, you're, you're trying to, you know, do the little things to get toward that goal, um, but it's just the drive and, and the focus of, of again, having a goal, jumping to it and almost doing anything possible to kind of go get that is probably the biggest thing that stands out to me. Because now I, I do the same thing. I pretty much know when somebody's been a college athlete or even, a, again, a, even a high school athlete, because they understand that, you know, there's no time to to say, hey, you know, I was too tired today. So I didn't get this done. Right. It's it's just kind of that mindset that comes through. Well, two other stories I definitely wanted to share in the college stage, mm-hmm. maybe three. We'll see how. That Not plays too out. many. Not though. too many. We can't, we can't put that <laughs> out there.
0: You have to. <laughs> that's the after hours. That's the after session you need to hear some of the other stories. But one of them is you talked about being a go getter. You talked about the initiative and the drive that you learned in athletics uh, outside of the uh, outside of the field. Um one of the things that you and I did which I mentioned in one of my previous episodes uh the idea started pack is being a DJ. Mm-hmm. So I shared a little bit in that stage of our first audition mm-hmm. when we did the rep your class yep. a, with the IDJ in the in your dorm room. 100%. He was cutting it up and we had people coming through, you know, pri- prior to us getting mm-hmm. uh that audition where people coming through saying hey we're we're, do- we're legit, we're doing big things. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> what possessed you to bring that particular IDJ? Like, how did you even come across that? How'd you bring that up? Like, talk a little bit about the music aspect of of your DNA and how that like influenced that season Mm -hmm. and you know, how we even got to that
1: point. Yeah. You know, uh, Growing up in the Bay Area, uh, and at least for me, music is a big thing. Um, The music out there is a little different. It's also (laughs) very, very homegrown, just meaning um, surprisingly, you'll see that artists do very poorly in record sales in the Bay Area a lot. And that's just because we listen to a lot of our own music, or at least at the time, uh, you know, growing up in in the mid 2000s. I had seen somebody uh, sort of just cut it up at a uh, at a house party, and he had his entire um, DJ set, and I was like, man, you know, I could do that. Um, looked at the cost of an entire DJ kind of setup. It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that's not happening. I'm not going to pay that much. I don't, I don't have that, that much money. Um, so then what I did was kind of researched around and found the iDJ, which you could either plug in a flash drive or an iPod, to kind of pull the songs in, it definitely couldn't do everything, but you could scratch, you could mix, um, you could fade in, fade out just enough to kind of do, you know, make some good mixes, do some dances. Um, so yeah, brought it, you know, senior year in high school, got it, uh, messed around with it a little bit, brought it up. Then, you know, pretty much I would be DJing, Ray would come over, start messing with it. Then we started doing like dorm parties, just meaning like we'd pull it out, and there'd just be a tiny dorm, and <laughs> cutting it up to that, um, and then actually our, our RA um, Alex Lopez was like, "You guys should talk to Azu. You guys should go talk to them about you know DJing a a dance, um, or maybe it was a it was a fraternity actually. Yeah, yeah it was I a fraternity. So we're like, cool, yeah, we'll do it. <clears throat> kind of just had a good experience there, um, and then and then Azu Sound did all the dances. So. You know, we gosh, we must have done almost every dance. Yeah. At the school, sophomore, junior, and senior year.
0: Definitely. We we were top of the list when people asked for dances, mm-hmm. especially the top dances that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the black light, the jungle dance. Uh,
1: shoot, there's another one in there too. Congrats. The crazy. The crazy thing is, we got paid to do that. Dig it, right? To do that. Man, we I I was like, I would do this for free. Oh. Um, somebody decided to pay us to do it But uh, but no, Ray and I had a good time I would usually go on first, Ray would go on second Ray would be the hype man yeah. uh, You know, just with the mic and on the first side of it Funny thing though, college dances are crazy Just meaning like, no matter how many barricades you put To make sure nobody comes fr- behind the DJ booth To kick out the, cord, to trip over the cord and And the music goes out uh, like like people got stuck in the chair barricades. <laughs> like they were so they were just like you know I don't want to get through this crowd so I'm gonna come behind the DJ booth which every time you're gonna kick the power cord. Um, the power cord. And yeah. I remember one guy at a jungle dance we put up a barricade of chairs and he got stuck like literally could not get through it. Um, so if you're at a if you're at a, uh, a party yeah. or a college dance do not do that.
0: Don't do that.
1: It's bad because when you kick off the uh, the power cord the dj gets blamed not the guy who right. was behind the thing and the
0: crazy thing about it is with the idj it took a very long time for it to
1: load so long to <laughs> load all the songs cuz it didn't store it in the system oh so it was like it definitely wasn't like a serato just plug into your to your laptop it was like here's a thumb drive there's 1200 songs load them so everybody's like boom <laughs> There were a couple of times we definitely got booed oh, man. because somebody kicked the power
0: cord trying to avoid the crowd, trying you know? to avoid getting around and everything like that. And that it was very frustrating at the time. Looking back, it was pretty funny now. But yeah, It's hilarious gosh, now. Gosh, at the time, man. But yeah, we were you're right, man. We were a hot commodity. We we was highly requested for a mm-hmm. lot of the dances that we did. Mm-hmm. Uh had a blast doing it. Uh, You know, we made it work with the IDJ, which is something I really enjoy. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of one of the key takeaways I took from that moment is we made do with what we had Mm -hmm. and we made sure we had fun doing it and, 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 you know, got the party jumping, got the party moving. Um, You know, you talk a little bit about how, yeah, you was on first and I was on second. You might have been on the whole time a couple times.
1: A few of the times, I'd <laughs> I'd look in the crowd and be like, "Ray, you hey, good?" And you'd yeah, be like, "No, I'm good. You good?" Yeah. So Ray, Ray got paid to go to dances sometimes. Pretty much. Ray got paid by uh, by f- money from the students because hey. as who funds uh, came from the student from your student account, uh, yeah, to basically yeah. go to the dance and be on the mic and be a hype man. It's too late, don't audit which is, me. Which is
0: totally fine. Don't audit me. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> But no, that was a really fun time that we definitely did that. And one of the memorable ones that I tell often whenever Mm -hmm. I'm in public spaces or there is a DJ. I know you and I text quite a bit whenever we're around (laughs) weddings, parties, whatever DJs are going on. And we're saying like, man, we could probably do that.
1: I think the key thing there is if you think you can do something better than somebody, just go do it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing against the other DJs at the at the school at the time, but. We Just could do it better, right? So we just made it happen. One and we texted back and forth about this a couple weeks ago. One thing we didn't do is we stayed on the Willamette campus and we were fine with it, right? There were a lot of businesses, bars that would have paid us a lot of money, right? To actually go out, entice some Willamette kids to come to you know, of age to a bar and and had us DJ, and we didn't do that. And that was a like. I don't even know if that went through my mind at all. Well, here's the thing.
0: Good segue, because I know your mind is definitely on the business sense. And that's Mm -hmm. something I pick up quite a bit from you. And I watch you and your journey, which I know, like I mentioned, we'll get to that. But another story that I wanted to highlight was the picking up bottles around our dormitory in Kaneko. So I remember (laughs) remember you said this. He's like, hey, man, this is going to be written in our story that we started our journey by picking up. Plastic bottles, beer bottles, beer cans, everything like that, to fund the our t shirt company, mm-hmm. Dream King's Clothing. Yeah, and so, did. man, I want to, I want you to, yeah, that was one thing that I I often reflect on, mm-hmm. and quite often of just just that journey and that start and the tenacity it takes to do something like that. Yeah. And when when it seems like that is not possible or not viable, whatever, whatever it takes to make it happen. Um, but just the inception of Dream King's Clothing. Talk a little bit about how. That came about and, you know, the octopus design and some of the journey on that and (laughs) the YG concert. We'll get to the YG concert. But But talk about a little bit the inception of the of the uh, Dream Kings clothing.
1: Yeah. You know, that started in high school very early, um, you know, senior year. I never got I didn't really get my act together until college. But it was again, it was one of those things where I thought that I could, um, you know, design some some clothing that people would like and enjoy uh, based on kind of what I was seeing. Um and the fun thing is it was that first entrepreneurial kind of thing, right It was that very first thing that um that that I could fail at learn a ton from, and it didn't cost us a ton of money um and as Ray said, we didn't have enough money for that first order, and for about six months um freshman year um unfortunately, undergrads uh drink. In dorms yeah. and beer yeah. bottles pretty much get put for, for us. There were, We had a patio, so people would just put it on the patio. And one day I was in there, I was like, there's, there's five to ten cents per bottle here. Ten of those is a dollar. A hundred of those is, you know, a thousand of those. Can we get that many? For six months, we uh, collected bottles, took them to the mm-hmm. Safeway, deposited them, and literally $30 by $30, Uh, checks just kind of got that initial thing for the first order so um yeah it was just it 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 doesn't matter how you get the money it's just how you get the money right if you have don't think it's below you to pick up beer bottles and and stash them on your balcony and literally have your roommate be like, are you kidding me? Why is there three trash bags worth of beer bottles? You have to go deposit these. <laughs> so many trash bags in yeah. the balcony. <laughs> um, but no, it just, it's just one of those things where, um, yeah, you just—you got to figure it out. Um, nobody's going to figure it out for you. Very rarely is somebody just going to cut you a check or, or just give you money for free. So um, sometimes you got to collect beer bottles and deposit them and get it going that way.
0: You know it was funny because I remember, you know, as we were collecting the money for the Dream Kings clothing, we also were especially you were seeking out ways to get designs printed. Mm-hmm. And I remember we went to the airbrush shop
1: <laughs> and <laughs> he made the most ugly, <laughs> terrible shirts, but we wore, we wore the, them. We though. wore those bad boys so hard. Oh man, yeah. Well, the first ones were VistaPrint. Mm. Um and then I wanted something something different. Um and, yeah, we went to Airbrush Dude, and I was like, here's the logo. Yep. Make it. And yep. he made the ugliest. The octopus didn't look good. It was so <laughs> bad. Um, but then that spawned into our first order. Uh, we sold out. Um, and then the second order and second design. And then we designed and kept coming out, started coming out with collections. You know, the funny thing is, is, is we, we started getting really good on the designs later on. We just didn't understand the marketing side of it. Right. We had Willamette. Willamette was buying. Right. That's always good. Right. But it's definitely not uh, enough. Right. So it just we we kind of got enough money to put toward the next order. Enough money to put toward the next order. Um. And and we did that for four years with a little foray into snapbacks. Oh um, snapbacks! On back. On, the, on that we 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 found a guy in China who can make us snapbacks. Uh, Willamette at the time did not have snapbacks in the, in the student store and they were all the hot rage. So we put Woo Bearcats, W U Bearcats. Um, cause obviously we couldn't put Willamette and, uh, we sold out our first order in 24 hours. Yeah, we did. We quickly learned that it takes six weeks to re up an order. <laughs> and by then everybody had died off on how cool they were. They were, the market was a little bit flooded. Um, and then, God, I had those hats until grad school. Yeah, did you? I, I couldn't sell the that oh, second man. batch forever. <laughs> Robin was pissed. My girlfriend at the time was just like, man, we have all these hats in this box. You got to get this out of here. Yeah, you got to do something with that. No, but that was
0: good, though, because, I mean, in the sense, in that whole season, like you stated, there was a lot of things that we didn't know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that we went in and figured out, trial yeah. and error, tested out, see what works, and then... Um, yeah, and you what what I recognize in your area is you do a great job of finding gaps. Mm-hmm. Like you see opportunities and you work to maximize those opportunities. Yeah. And I think that, you know, by having the t-shirt design and moving forward with that and then the snapbacks was one of the key ones that was like we both were looking at each other senior year, we're like, we want to wear a hat to our football games, mm-hmm. but we have to have Willamette colors or Willamette issue hats. And those hats were trash, really bad. <laughs> so, being able to look somewhat stylish on the planes mm-hmm. while you know repping our school and things of that nature mm-hmm. was really key, mm-hmm. and definitely saw that uptick in the ability to meet a need and fill it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of what I find often in just the way that you operate, the way that you see the world. So, it's pretty cool. I'm definitely yeah happy to be on that journey. Was it's, on that journey. You
1: know, it's it's one of those things where you're you're not gonna beat. Somebody who has more money and is in, at their at their game in business right. if I want to take on McDonald's, I can't outspend Mcdonald's right uh, I can be different, I can have a different um you know idea towards it, and then I also need to make sure that i'm not advertising how McDonald's is advertising because i 'll lose that game every time right that that's across the board that's that's athletics that's you know business that's anything like that right um, across the board you just that's how you know, and I'm in the startup world now, a lot of startups lose because they try and compete marketing-wise with a huge competitor and they lose because they just can't yeah. can't sustain. So yeah. um, a lot of it is just finding those gaps, understanding how you can win where others can't and really understanding uh, your uniqueness and, and how you're different and then going all in on that because the second you play their game, that's what they want you to do, right? right. They want you to play into their hands, you know, um, you, Clemson great defense last year you're not going to be a mediocre running the ball team and run the ball on them right. very very dumb right. you could be a coach and say you know what I don't care that they're good we're going to run it down their throats if your linemen are averaging like 220 230 you're not doing that on Clemson right so, so that's just sort of you can say you know I'm going to beat out this huge company or I'm going to beat out this person and, and you can say that, but be a little bit smart about it. Understand where you're better and then win there. I think that's business, whatever, that's the key yeah. is, is finding where you're better at something than somebody or have a unique perspective and then doubling down there.
0: Yes, Maximizing Opportunities with Nick Lawson. Like I mentioned before, this is part one of the three-part series that my conversation with Nick Lawson. But before we end out then right on out this episode, I wanted to give you a couple of my takeaways and exclamation points on a few pieces here, give a quick challenge for you all as well, and talk about what next steps are for you too that you can go ahead and take some action on. So the first, my couple takeaways is he talked about, number one, you have to have a strong work ethic. And you saw that a little bit with just his journey in general, but it started with athletics, really strong work ethic, taking action. And people notice when you take action and when you are constantly showing up and doing the right things all the time. People notice it and people acknowledge it and will show that too. So make sure that you have a really strong work, work ethic in whatever that you do. Another takeaway that I have is to win with uniqueness. You, you can win when you are unique in whatever field Niche industry that you're in, if you try to copy and follow through with what everybody else is doing, (laughs) you get lost in the crowd, man. You get lost in the sauce. (laughs) You can't be doing that. But if you want to win, if you want to succeed, you got to be unique in that space and double down in that uniqueness in order to see progress, growth, success. And the third takeaway that I took was find a way to make it happen. And this one definitely stems from us uh, picking up bottles or printing out shirts or Uh, seeing, seeing a need and trying to fill it with something that can be of value and of service to others. But the key thing there is that you got to find opportunities to win and find opportunities uh, to make it happen. Regardless of the circumstance, regardless of situation, find a way to make it happen. So again, the three takeaways for me in this episode were have a strong work ethic, win through uniqueness, and find a way to make it happen. Now I want you to tell me what did you take away from this? What did you take away from this particular episode? Make sure that you hit me up at Ray Devante or at OTMPodcast and let me know what were your takeaways from this particular episode. And while you're at it, I want you to reflect on your own story, reflect on your own past as well, and see what lessons can you pull from it that can be values in how you take action today and in the future because that's what this is all about right (laughs) like this whole podcast this whole journey a lot of things that I'm thinking through is what are some things within our stories that we can pull together and pull lessons from and share that with others because that's really important not just to go through life but finding ways to share our stories with others to empower to inspire to equip others to do extraordinary things as well so reflect on your own story take lessons pull from it and create the values that you stand on today, and then, like I already stated, what were the things that stood out to you in this particular episode? Let me know. Let me know. Take a screenshot of this episode on whatever device you listen to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor FM. Tag me in it, at Ray Devante, or at Podcasts, and let me know. Let me know you're listening, <laughs> all right? Like I mentioned, super excited to continue this conversation I have with Nick Lawson. Next week, we're going to be talking a little bit more about his journey today with, Squats, with Squad, his business, as well as some of the actions he's doing on social media, too. I'm super juiced because they're going to pull some more lessons, some more knowledge that Nick's going to drop for you on that particular episode. So make sure you follow Nick Lawson on social media. He is super active on Twitter, Medium, and LinkedIn posting some amazing articles about sports sponsorships and just the digital age of what's going on today so if you're super interested regardless of what industry you're in make sure you take a look at what he's doing on all those platforms i'll make sure to put the link in the show notes so you can go ahead and directly see the impact he's making on social media but like i mentioned this is part one excited for y'all listening to part two so i'll see y'all next week on on the mic with ray white Thanks so much for listening to On The Mic with Ray White. And if you found any value in this, my ask is that you help me out in doing the following actions. First, rate and review this episode and this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Secondly, share this episode with a friend. And not only that, have a conversation with them and talk through the discussion questions that were given at the end of the episode. And third, connect with me on social media. You can follow me personally on my personal account on all platforms at Ray Devante. That's R A Y D E V A N T E. And you can follow the On the Mic with Ray White Instagram account at OTM Podcast. And let me know what you think of the show. Thanks so much. And don't forget to continue to share your story. Peace.